I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Kevin Hart has officially reached rock star status, selling out venues across the globe. Now he is expanding his dominance off the stage. He has starred in three hit films and took home the Entertainer of the Year at the NAACP Image Awards. Kevin invited me to his home in Los Angeles on a rare day off. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Too. I'm excited too. <laughs> Let me lead you around this way. After you. Oh, nice. You like this here? All that stuff is custom, the chandeliers. I like the chandelier. The mirrors. I'm looking for one, too. Uh, Can I look at this out here? This is course. great. Almost uh, spy-ish. Like, yeah. very nice, very relaxed, very but so not calming. too much. How deep is the pool? Uh, Kid-friendly. Kid-friendly. And, and Kevin-friendly. I'm Thank small, you. too, so you got to stay. It's not, it's not that I bad. I know. You pool are goes the... about five and a half, five Re and a half feet. That's good. That's perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. No drowning. So it means you can stand up? I can stand up and I can save if I yeah, need to. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So now that this has been your year, the stats are you've had three hit films, mm -hmm. two in the top ten, four more movies in production right now, a hit television show, a huge following on social media. Because of the way you were raised, it feels like what to you? Because there are some people whose head would be blown off by now and we would see it rolling down the hill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, you know what? I, I, I believe hard work pays off. You know, um, when you say it's been a, it's been my year and it's it's my time. You know, uh, Hollywood has a way of making everything seem like an overnight success. Yeah. Oh my God, where did this guy come from? Oh, this kid, who is he? Look, yeah. he's a massive star. I have 18 years in the business. Yeah. You know, you put in your 10,000 hours. I put it. I put in my time. You know, yeah. I got I got dues that that have been paid and paid again and paid one more time after that. I stayed true to my dreams and by doing that. Eventually, they came true. But there has, there has to be something, I won't say special about you, because I believe we all have the same human abilities and possibilities. Not everybody can do the same thing. But there has to be something that is different, because there are lots of people who try, and there are lots of people who want it, and there are lots of people who have that desire. What was the difference, do you think, for you? The difference for me was I paid attention to what people did before me whether it was right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, everybody that's successful lays a blueprint out. You laid the blueprint out. Uh, you know, I can go down a list from comedians to actors to entrepreneurs to mm -hmm. self-made moguls. You look at Jay-Z, you yeah. look at Tyler Perry, you look at Puff. Uh, I mean, you're looking at people that start off with a small vision and that vision manifested into something beyond expectation. So what I did was, from the people around me, my mentors, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Pryor, yeah. Um, Who are all on the walls. All on the walls. Yeah. All on the walls. So you surround um, yourself with I that. I surround myself with a constant reminder of who's great. Constantly. I come down these steps every day. I look at Richard. Oh, he's great. I see Eddie. He was great. I see Chris Rock. He was great. I, it's a constant reminder. What am I trying to achieve? I want to be great. So yeah. that motivates me. So the thing that separates me is my drive. My drive is other people's success. It's so interesting because you get compared a lot to Eddie Murphy because mm -hmm. not since Eddie Murphy has anybody. You recently broke, broke his record mm -hmm. at the Nokia Theater. In 2011, during his Laugh at My Pain tour, 
Kevin's unforgettable performances at LA's Nokia Theater were record-breaking. With over $1.1 million in ticket sales, Kevin surpassed Eddie Murphy's record. I don't care what I achieve in this day and age. I don't care what financial number they put beside any accomplishment that I have. How many tickets you sold yeah, it, or how it, many people filled the you seats. Can't, you can't outdo what Eddie Murphy did. I'm, I'm sitting here oh, because of Eddie so Murphy. that's so solid. I so believe that. It's, I it's, so it's believe that. True. It's yeah. very true. I can't, yeah. I can't do that. Well, first of all, let's start with the speech in the NAACP when you thanked your mom, who was your angel. After a long battle with ovarian cancer, Kevin's mother, Nancy, passed away in 2007. In 2014, at the NAACP Image Awards, Kevin accepted his Entertainer of the Year win in her honor. As I was sitting there listening to you speak at the NAACP, giving your mom credit, I thought, your mom really has been your angel through all of this. And I'm wondering, can you feel the spirit of her accelerating vibrationally for you? It's amazing. Can you uh, feel that? I'm not like... Uh... I hate, to use, I hate to use the term over-religious. Yeah. Because I'm religious, but I'm not... Yeah, a, I, I know, know what that I'm means. I'm not in church every Sunday. Yeah. You know, I'm not constantly uh, surrounding myself with the Bible. And You're not like your cousin Al. Me. I'm not, not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> You're not no. like your cousin Al no. telling but, people about Jesus. <laughs> but what I am, I'm true to how I was raised. My yeah. mom beat God in my head and made sure I understood. And what I am is I'm, I'm true to my mom. Mm. That's how I was raised. So... When you say angel, it's so easy for me to smile, achieving everything, because I feel like, yo, my mom is right there smiling with me. Yeah, on your shoulder, in you, through you, it's, it's leading amazing the way. Because That's what I felt when you said that. It's I amazing. I feel like I, I'm, I'm coveted, for lack of a better word. I'm yeah. literally, I feel like there's something on my back. Before I go on stage, before I step foot on set, and my little prayer to myself is, mom, be that angel in my corner like you always are. Wow. That's my prayer. Yeah, I felt that. That's I my prayer that. for everything. I felt that. You know what's interesting, too? Your mom had the vision to know the kind of son she had. Born in Philadelphia, Kevin and his older brother, Robert, were raised by their single mother, Nancy. Their father struggled with an addiction to cocaine and spent much of Kevin's childhood in and out of jail. Now, your mom was an educator. Mm -hmm. She's there at the University of Pennsylvania uh -huh. and understood that you weren't the kind of son who was going to do well in college and didn't try to pressure you to no. do that, but said, I'm no. here to support you no, it's, in it's, this whole stand-up thing. It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's a funny story, actually. My mom, basically, I come out of high school. I didn't have a plan. I didn't, I didn't know, man. I just wasn't a student. Yeah. I, I wasn't a student. I was you didn't a, like school. I was a C minus at best, <laughs> at best. And that was when- Traveling in that the was D when world. I, yeah, that was when I put my head to the books as hard as possible, at best. And, but I was, good in, I was good in life, in life decisions. I just wasn't a student. I, I wasn't. So my mom was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. I could have went to the University of Pennsylvania for free. I wound up going to community college, uh, CCP, Community College of Philadelphia, for like two weeks. They gave me a pop quiz in like a <laughs> week and a half, and I failed, and I, got, I was mad. I, I'm not going to be failing no tests at community college. I'm not going to do it. I'm better than this. I'm going to figure it out. I left. I got a job. Uh, As a shoe salesman. Shoe salesman, City Sports Philadelphia. And I, I fell in love with it. I said, I can be the best shoe salesman that ever sold shoes. I was the funny guy at the job. One day somebody said, yo, Kev, I swear you're the funniest person I know. You should try to do comedy, man. I said, yo, I would love to. I just don't know where to go. Right around the corner, there's a place called The Laugh House, man. Amateur night, you should go. I'm gonna go. We're all gonna go. Let's go Thursday. 
Let's go Thursday. <laughs> I go, I go on stage, I wrote a little three minute set, fell in love with stand-up comedy. I won a competition. While you were still a shoe salesman. I was still a shoe salesman. I won $60. They said, yeah, we had this every Thursday, man. Even though they didn't go great, I love the fact that lights were on me. And you got $60. I got $60 for women. Came back every week. I just kept writing different jokes each time. But isn't that the same place where somebody actually threw a chicken leg at you one time? That was Atlantic City. I got hit in the face with a buffalo wing. With a buffalo wing. With a buffalo wing. Middle of a joke. Because? Because it was just that bad. It was that a guy, bad. A guy got so frustrated, he stood up. Hey, that's it, man. I'm serious. Wow. Threw wow. a wing, smacked me in the cheek. Sauce on it, too. A little bit of sauce, <laughs> a little bit of sauce got all over the place. Wing fell down, and I had a decision to make. Do I pick up the wing and throw it back, or do I say something? So I decided to say something. Who threw it? This guy, he was like, I did. He was big. I was like, good night, everybody. That's my time. <laughs> I, just, I just got off the stage. I got stories. I got a bunch of war stories. It took a while before it got good. When did you know you were funny? I knew I was funny. After, after I started doing the amateur nights, I won about six in a row. I quit my job. I said, yo, I said $60 times six. Okay, okay. basically, it's four, four weeks in a month. Okay. If so I win this every month, I can, I can go, basically, I can pay my rent from this. I said, I can live off of this, I'm fine. I quit, I quit, this is what I wanna do. I told my mom, mom, this is what I wanna do. My mom said, you know what? Kevin, she said, I'm not a dream killer. Her exact words, I'm not a dream killer. Ooh, if you're telling okay. me this is what you wanna do, I'm gonna let you do it. She said, you got a year. You have one year to prove to me that this is what you want to do and that you can support yourself. Wow. This is a crazy story. So like six months going by, it's at a point where, you know, I'm not really making money, but I'm loving it. I'm loving stand-up comedy. I'm making great relationships with comedians, comedy clubs. I haven't paid my rent in like a month. I'm like, mom, you know, the rent, where's the rent at? She's like, are you reading your Bible? I said, mom, come on. I don't have time to talk about that right now. Mom, I'm late. Like, I need the rent money. Are you reading your Bible? Mom, no. When you read your Bible, then we'll talk about rent. Another week, two weeks go by. Mom, they're gonna evict me if you don't give me this rent money. Mom, I'm serious. Have you read your Bible? Yes. Okay, well, then let's talk about rent. Mom, I, I don't wanna talk about the scriptures. I need the, I need the money. A month go by, I get eviction notice on my door. They're about to kick me out. I'm like, Mom, I go to her house, I got the eviction notice. She said, talk to me when you read your Bible. I, I can't talk to you right now, I just leave. <laughs> I go home, I said, man, let me open this Bible up. Open the Bible up, six rent checks fall out. She put all my rent checks. Oh my in the Bible. goodness. She put all my rent checks. From that six months throughout the rest of the year, they were all there. Oh I opened it up, my I felt goodness. like the biggest jerk ever. I sat there and that was the first time I tried to read from the Bible. I read about two chapters and I said, Mom, I'm sorry. I said, I just opened up the Bible. That is a beautiful story. That she, is a She said, I asked you to read it because you need to stay faithful along your journey. I said, okay. I said, I get it. I'm, Mom, I will. I'm Did sorry. you have a moment with yourself? Uh, it was the, the first thing I said is I can't take my mom's money. So then the new quest became, I have to get my mom back the money she gave me for the year. So basically I started hustling up, hustling, hustling up, doing shows here and there, getting $30, $40, surviving. But then I met this guy. I met this guy, he took me on colleges with him. Then I somehow I meet another guy who introduced me to my manager. Year goes by, he gets me a deal with ABC. My first deal was, I think it was $125,000. Wow. 
Wow. I said, I'm rich. <laughs> I said, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 20. Right. First thing I did, I cut my mom a check for the money she gave me back, plus like another $5,000. I said, thank you, mom, I'm going to be okay. I picked up, I moved to LA. So you essentially came here ready to create what you describe as your own lane. Yeah. 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 Without a plan. I just literally picked up. I said, I'm, I'm coming. I knew I was a stand-up comedian. And I said, in LA is where opportunities are. But I said, let me give the acting side and the pilot side a shot. I got another deal, ABC, got money, messed that money up. Nothing happened from the deal. I got another deal with CBS to create more money, messed that money up. Nothing happened. When you say mess up money up, that mess means money what? up means you just you don't know where it goes. It's it's up in the air. You're young, you're in LA, you know nothing about taxes. You're taking care of people and giving money out. This is the way you it's going to go. You don't know that whatever it is is only half anyway. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, Sam gets his, <laughs> and we'll get it. I literally uh, came up with the opportunity. First TV show. Holy shnikes, My show gets picked up. After two years in Los Angeles, Kevin got his first big break when ABC bought a show he created called The Big House. They taped seven episodes. Kevin attended an event to promote that show when this happened. I'm about to set foot on the platform to get announced. A woman puts a hand on my chest. Wait, Kevin. Yeah, I got him. He's right here with me. I'll tell him now. Hey, I'm sorry, Kevin. They're not, they're not going to pick the show up. Uh, last minute decision. So let me pull you back. Oh my goodness. Let me pull you back. Keep in mind, I got there, people were taking pictures. It was oh, that is horrible. Push me back. Wow. My manager says, let's just go back. I said, no. I said, I wanna, I wanna go to all the stuff that I was supposed to go to. I wanna go to, I wanna go to shake their hands and I want everybody to look me in the face because I wanted to see that I'm not affected. It's the business, it happens. I shook it off. Like, right, I shook it off. Really? Like no tomorrow. Like it. I said, you know what, it happened. Did you really shake it oh, off? Oh, I was, I, was, I was more angry yeah. than anything. I told my manager, I'm going back to stand up. I'm focusing on the road. I don't want to go on no more pilot auditions. I don't want to do nothing. I'm going to go back and focus on that. I slaved that road for about six years. So how do you take raised by a single mom, drug addict father, and all the cast of characters, the uncle, Speak with your chest. How do you how do you take all of that and make it funny? Was it's, that was that the it was challenge? It was literally me saying, "Be honest. What's worse that can happen? I'm be honest about what I think is funny. I'm going to stop doing what I think you think is funny, and I'm going Ooh, to do what I think is it's funny. funny. I'm going to paint a picture, and I want you guys to look at my vision. Because ultimately, you are a storyteller. That's it. Yeah, storyteller. Here's yeah. my life. Yeah. I don't like this about myself. I, I'm thinking about getting married. I just got divorced. I just had a kid. I got a son on the way. Here's what my kids do to make me laugh. Well, here's life after divorce. My mom passed away. Sad moment, but here's the funeral. Here's what I didn't like. My dad, yes, my dad did drugs, but here's what I saw when he was doing drugs. It became, but once I started to do it, it's it's coming hand over fist. I'm in my jello. There's yeah. no, there's no room for error. So when we hear you talk about your family, it's real. So you, did your dad actually show up at the spelling bee? Oh, all that stuff is real. All <laughs> stuff. I got tons of stories about my dad. If my dad came in here right now, yeah. sober, and saw you, yeah. oh, it, it'd be the biggest, I would have to apologize so much. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> 
I brought my dad. My dad's been to L.A. twice. Yeah. First time my dad came in the house, he dropped his bags at the door. He said, yeah. He saw yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, you got it. Yeah, I didn't know you had it, but you got it. <laughs> I want a truck. I want you to buy me a truck. Really? He hadn't even a, gotten in the door. Right there at the door. Wow. Dad, what, what kind of truck you want? You gonna get it? He's, he is who he is. He's, he will not change. He's just sober now. OK, so let's talk about that. Once you have any level of success, even $125,000, I <laughs> what, I, what I saw with so many people that knew me is that their needs were in direct proportion to what they thought I made. So how have you managed that? Um, I weed out the good and the bad. It took me a long time to go, no, man. Yeah. For a while, I felt like I had to. I felt yeah, like it I was know. a, it was I a did thing. Too. Yeah, no, no, OK, all right, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll work it out. It takes a long time to figure out you get to decide what it's, to do that's with exactly your what it is. Do you feel successful right now? I would be a fool to say I don't. Yes, I do, Looking but I think, yeah, oh. but I, there's more. Yeah. There's so much more. Like, I can't sit across from you and not want what you have. Like, it's, it's reachable. Tyler, I can't talk to Tyler and not think to myself, I can try. But is it about a number? No. Is it about a have square you. footage? No. What is it about? It's, it's about you have created a brand, a brand that whether you are here or gone, your brand lives on. What you've done on a humanitarian side, on a personal side, on a work level, you have created something special. Yeah. It's not just about your personal gain. Yeah. It's about, right now I got a voice. It's what am I showing my kids that they can do? Yeah. You know what it really is about, and I speak about this a lot. You're one of those people, like I'm one of those people, Tyler's one of people. You want to fulfill the highest expression of yourself as Very a human true. being. That is, that's amazing. You want to fulfill what is the highest expression of yourself as a human being, and you're about doing that until the day you take that's, your last that's breath. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, that, that literally describes it to a T. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it. I just don't understand how we can all do something and be content with being mediocre yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Because I feel like I'm constantly growing. I can't, I, yeah. I honestly can't. As a comedian, I want to be in the conversations with these guys when it's all said and done. Not that I'm better than them, because yeah. I don't think that I ever will be. I think it's about being in the conversation of my generation, what I did, what I achieved as a comedian, as an actor, as a philanthropist, 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 philanthropist. That too. Philanthropist. <laughs> philanthropist. Philanthropist. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So you have a very interactive relationship with your fans in a way that you couldn't have had years ago, mm -hmm. in a way that Eddie Murphy couldn't have mm -hmm. had when Eddie Murphy was, you know, opening Madison Square Garden or Nakia Theater. You, you have that. So what does uh, that mean? Well, social media is everything for me. I mean, in, in our generation, in today's time, you know, being able to talk back and forth with your fans mm -hmm. goes a long way. You know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Vine, these, these things are all tools that I don't, I don't like to say the, the, the actors before me, but, you know, the, the, the older actors, yeah. you know, your Denzels, your, your Will Smith, they're not social media savvy, really, because right. they didn't have to back then. It was right. a talk show. Uh, campaign, and then that was it. But right now, with all the stuff out there, your fans, they like to know. And right. I love the fact that I show that I'm, I'm real. What you see is what you get. Yeah, what is amazing about you is it, that's exactly what I was gonna say, 
it feels like even here and when I've seen you on screen, it feels like what you see is what you get. And you 100%. know, so many comedians, you know this, there's a dark side mm -hmm. to a lot of comedians. Mm -hmm. True, right? Yeah, very true. Very true. Very true. But you don't have that. No. I'm happy. You're happy? I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so happy in all aspects of my life. And I, see, I'm an open book. I mean, there's nothing that my fans don't know about me. I've shown them everything. Divorce, uh, now another relationship. Like I said, mom, I've shown you everything. Yeah. There's nothing that you don't know. You and your ex-wife are cool now. In 2011, Kevin and his now ex-wife, Tori, went through a very public divorce. After eight years of marriage and two children, eight-year-old Kevin and six-year-old Hendrix, Kevin was very open about why his marriage fell apart. Me and my ex-wife are great now. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, that's the mother of my kids. Yeah. Now, I rode the friendship. Was it difficult in the beginning? Yes, but that's, that's the mother of my kids. Yeah, I'm, and I've heard I'm you say that even you your cheating, not being faithful in mm -hmm. marriage, was a teacher to you. Yes, it was, of course. Yes. How so? Because now in my relationship, I mean, I know what not to do, but I take, I take the relationship element serious. I was young. I was young. And I mean, that's the only way to explain it. I was 22 when we first got married. And, you know, at, at that moment, yes, it's fine. But then eventually, as a man, you get curious. I yeah. got curious. Yeah. I got curious. I strayed. I did wrong. But I don't shy away from that. I don't... You I own don't, it. I don't code it. I, I own it. Yeah. I step up to any mistake that I've made in life. Okay. But then you have children, Hendrix and Heaven. Hendrix and Heaven. How has it changed or elevated who you are? My kids are everything. My kids are everything. Like, when I say that, I mean it. Heaven and Hendrix are everything to me. This all stops. If, if, if I needed to stop for my kids, I'm done. How do you manage it, though? Because you're gone, and you're gone, and you're gone, and you're gone. I talk to my kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, you really want to know where I killed myself at? My back and forth for my kids. I'll go four days, and I'll put it in my schedule. I'll contractually make a studio or my tour obligated to release me for three days. On those three days, regardless of where I am, I come back. I come back, I'm with my kids. Uh, I catch up. I How are you going to raise, this is a, I've asked a lot of people this, how do you raise thoughtful, kind, gracious kids who have instilled within them the same kind of values your mother instilled within you when your kids have this and this and traveling on private planes and the world above all of it's this? For me, it's, it's easy. Uh, a... Your kids, are, your kids are as grounded as you make them. Mm. Your kids are as grounded as you make them, okay? When you have everything that you have, kids can be in this world, and your kid can be, your kid can nose being there, very snooty. Or your kids can understand how and why you're able to do what you do. They can understand why I work, how much time I put into my work, and what do I get from that time. My kids, when I say we talk, I prepare my kids. Okay, look, what does daddy have to do? Work. Why? Because you want to provide for us. What are you supposed to do? Work hard. You come home from school. What do you do when you come home from school? Homework. Then what? Then play. What's always first? Work. Why do we work so hard? So then we can play hard. Wow. When you instill that at a young age, my kids right now, do they love school, love home? No. They don't, they come in this house, the first thing they do, they go upstairs to the study room and they have to do their work. That's the rules of the hard house. That's the rules. Okay.
Kevin is now dating model Iniko Parrish. They live together with Kevin's two children. I read where you said that, you know, I hate when people ask me, when am I getting married? I'm not. Do you think you will? Or is that, does that matter? You know now? what? It, it does. It does matter. I mean, uh, there was definitely a chip on my shoulder uh, when it comes to marriages because of the way my first one ended mm -hmm. and getting out of it and just the whole process, you know? Um, but there's, there's, a certain, there's a certain magical thing that comes with marriage when you find that person, you know? It can be. Yeah. It's not always guaranteed, but it can be. I will say that with my lady now, I got something special. You, yeah. don't, you don't find it often. If you're on the road a long period of time, she's not like, where are you? No. What are you doing? No. no. Mm -hmm. She'll say, honey, you want me to come? You want me to come see you? But the active role that she took in being with my kids, mm -hmm. you know, understanding that it was going to be a process for my ex-wife mm -hmm. to eventually understand and warm up to her, patient through all of it. Mm -hmm. Literally, has time in to where we've grown it's where we've grown now. Like, it's, it's, it's good. And I can say that it's definitely a thought. You know, the marriage is definitely a thought. How did you get so comfortable with your height? Oh, <laughs> uh, I've always been comfortable, man. Really? Because generally, you know, people who are not six feet tall, particularly not people, men, mm -hmm. have a complex about it. I, Instead, you turned it into... I'm beyond confident. I'm not cocky, I'm so confident. I'm confident in who I am. I'm yeah. confident in the person that I am. I think I'm sexy. I tell my lady all the time, babe, I'm sexy. <laughs> I, just got, I just got two ugly toes. That's it. That's, that's the only thing. I just, I love me. And, and You're I sexy think, with your socks off. Yeah, yeah, I don't take my socks off. <laughs> I don't take them off. But I wear good socks. That's, that's the plus. I just don't believe, I don't believe in change. I don't believe in, in doing things to, to uh, manufacture my body to appeal to what I think people might like. This is... This is it. This is, this is what I was given. This is my playing cards. If we was playing poker, I got to make this hand work. Yeah. This is it for me. And this is what I'm going to ride out. So how do you not embrace it? You get one life. Yeah. One. You get one life. I'm going to embrace mine. So when you were younger, did people make fun of you because of your height? I did it before they did. You did it before they did. Self-deprecation. I still, until this day, I'm big on self-deprecation. Anything that the person thinks that they can say, I disarm you of it by saying it myself. By taking the power away. I did it in all of my stand-up, so you yeah. can't address it anymore. In movies, what you might think to say, I'll say it in a line so it's addressed, and then from that point on, you forget about it. It's done. Take me serious and take me in my role seriously. Take my talent seriously. If you give people the opportunity to look at you with a squinted eye, and, yeah. I don't know, then they will. Yeah. And that's, that's, what, that's what I love about the projects that I'm doing now, that's what I love about the work that I'm doing now. It's, it's real. So, is there anything off limits? Um, I don't deal with politics. Uh, I'll tell you why. I saw Enemy of the State a long time ago. <laughs> I believe that movie. I think the government can shut you down whenever they want. I don't, <laughs> I don't mess with the government. You don't. I don't, no, no. In 2012, Kevin became one of the few comedians to sell out Madison Square Garden twice. I mean, words can't describe that. That's, that's, that's what I worked for. When did you think it, that when, you know, what you were able to express emotionally before you walked off the stage, thanking the audience, but when you walked out there through the flames and the fire and the hunt and saw, saw that, what did you think? What did you, you think, take it Kevin in. Hart? Like, that, that is... Could you take it in? That, that, Madison Square Garden with me crying at the end, is the, that's the first time on stage that I said, wow. But it was, it was my mom. See, while I'm talking, I'm thinking about my mom there. 
I was like, you guys don't understand. It's a dream. It was a moment that caught me, and I, I tried to stay in it and, and, you know, put my chest out and just get through the words. Yeah. But Speak walking with your back, chest. What, yeah. I didn't, what I didn't show is me walking back after that cry, and it was just a second. I just had to be by myself just for a second. Because that's, you got 30,000 people. You did two shows, two shows. 30,000 people, quiet, listening to me tell jokes. You can't write that. I know you're not going to slow down. I understand that, because you got to ride the wave. Mm -hmm. you got to ride the wave. Will there be an opportunity for you just to, even when you're, like, flying on the private plane or you're sitting, where you can just take it all in and have a sense of a appreciation I have, for how far you've come? Can you do that? I have that opportunity every day when I look at my kids and they run around the house. And they say things like, Dad, we love you. You're the best dad ever. Dad, thank you. Dad, me and Do had so much fun today. Dad, hey, today you think maybe we can play the game with the Nerf guns or something? Yup. Oh, you're the best dad ever. You're the coolest. That's it. That's my, that's my, this is amazing. What, what they get out of what I do, I'm happy. I'm, I, I, I mean that. I, I will put my hand on a stack of Bibles. I'm happy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad that we made this happen. I'm so glad so we glad. did. So glad. Oh, it was in my house. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody mark this down. <laughs> it's Mark. Stack of Bibles with no checks in them. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I will always open a Bible from now on if somebody tells me to. And I shake it first <laughs> to make sure no check falls out. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. 